Listener Production. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. Guys, it is so great to be back. And I know I always go on about talking to the wall, basically, when I'm recording these intros. But now that we are back here from the break with Listener, which is super exciting, I've got a producer, Mandy, sitting (laughs) across from me, so I'm not alone. You used to be your own producer, hey? Yeah, I mean, if you call it that. (laughs) This is very exciting having you. It's been very helpful and have loved it so far. But this is this is what I was I was very excited about having someone to sit with me throughout these kick bum intros. So So you're not just nodding at yourself yeah. and just t- going, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, and like thinking someone will find this interesting <laughs> show. No, it's great to be here. <laughs> but as always, I want to start with a bit of a Harvey update because um, as you guys may know, if your mum's listening, things happen so quickly and over the break, quite a lot has actually happened with Harvey. I remember the last time I updated you guys, he had just taken his first steps, which was super yeah. exciting. But now he's like fully walking everywhere. And he's, how old is he? He's 14 months? Fif- well, he's uh, about, well, when this episode's live, 15 yeah, months. 15 months. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's just, his preferred way of getting around is walking now. I barely see him crawl. And it's just, it's quick. Like he's in one room to the next. It's exciting, but it's also a lot. Is that hard? Because you have to chase after him so 100%. much. Like you can't even blink and look away because he'll be running off. Yeah. Down the hallway and doing yeah. something mischievous. We took the baby gates down for a while because he was fine and he wasn't really interested in the stairs. But now that he's walking, they've gone straight back oh. up again. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, he's pretty good. He does the whole turnaround thing to get down. But it's um, it's a lot. They're very quick. And it's it's one moment you'll be doing something and then you'll turn around and they're not there and you just suddenly hear something clanging. And <laughs> the other day, actually, this is, this is one of my updates, a new trick he has found uh, one day I blew my nose with toilet paper and threw it in the toilet bowl. So I lifted up the lid, threw the toilet paper mm. in and just shut it for the next time someone went to the loo, it would have gone down. And he saw me do that. And for the last two weeks, he's been I've been finding new things in the toilet bowl. Oh, no. So he's yep. going into the bathroom, lifting up the toilet bowl. The first thing he put in was the toilet roll, like the whole yeah, roll. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> but the how other you, day… How do you scoop it up? Like, do you… I mean, it's huh. not. I mean, it's clean water. Yeah, he's no. not doing it. Like we're not leaving <laughs> wee in the bowl, and I'm having to scoop it up. But it's still gross. Um, but the other day he was shoving. He's got this like plastic golf club set, and he was shoving it oh. in the bottom, almost like a plunger. I was like, we haven't plunged, so I don't know where he's got that from. But it's like he was mixing something. I don't know. But um, and the funny thing is, is he's also he's entered kind of toddler tantrum territory. So now the other day when I took the golf club off him to wash it, he like. Lost fully it. lost it and was really upset with me. And it's so hard to reason with kids and so, like so hard to try to get them to understand. You just have to kind of like remove them from the situation, distract them with something else that they like. Yeah. Or just be like, here's your toilet stick back. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Just please don't put it back. <laughs> but um, the, best, the best update that I have is that he's now sleeping past 6 a.m., Oh, heaven. So he was really, he was early rising and it was um, it was really getting to me. It got to a point where I was like, nah, something's going to change. So I switched up his routine. He's now doing like a little, what someone had taught me is called a bridging nap in the morning, which is kind of like a little cat nap that you do just to extend out their awake time. So what time do you put him to bed? Uh, 6.45. 
So it's a, do you get 6.45 to 6 a.m.? Yeah. Uninterrupted. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's great. I mean, it's better when it even stretches further than mm. six. This morning you woke up at 5.50, which has been a bit out of the ordinary. because <laughs> I was really you wake up I 10 know. minutes before your alarm? <laughs> <laughs> but like some days he's back, he's sleeping till seven. So I don't know. It's it's working for him. They're kind of more regimented and cutting his first nap down. He must be getting to that age where it's getting close to one nap or something. I don't know. It's forever changing. Are you holding on to the naps because they're like... The, the time that you get to do stuff. Yeah, it's good. I mean, Josh is the stay-at-home parent, so for four days of the week, he's the one. But yes, he has said that many times. Like, <laughs> really? But I mean, that nap is so short now anyway. It'll yeah. at least give him the freedom to go off for the day and like go do something. Yeah, true. With Harvey, you got more hours. That's what I like to say anyway, to make it sound better. <laughs> <laughs> so one kick update we do have is the kick minis. Now, if you listen to our KickPod episode, you would have already heard about them or if you follow us on social media or are on the Kick app. But they are really, really helpful for mums. I feel like I'm obviously being a working mum, time poor because I am wanting to spend any spare time that I have soaking up time with Harvey. So it's really hard to try and balance obviously looking after myself whilst looking after him outside of work. But with the Kick Minis, they have five to 10 minute workouts. Um, So if you're short of time or your baby cat naps, they're super easy to squeeze in. And something that I found really useful is I'll start with a five-minute one and if he's still not awake, I'll go and yeah, do, do another, another one. Five. Yeah. yeah, true. And it's just it just always feels better doing that than nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, give him a go if you can. But today's episode, I really, I'm really excited to get into it because we've got a really special guest, Ash Pollard, and we are talking about basically struggles of motherhood. She's really raw and open and honest, which I love, um, and just tells it how it is. And if you're not familiar with Ash as a personality, I'm... She's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. really has. She started on MKR, on My Kitchen Rules. Um, I mean, her, her big curly blonde hair Very is recognizable. so recognizable. So even... Totally. That, you know her, but she's been on like Dancing with the Stars. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. The real full Monty. She was also yeah. a radio host. So like, I'm sure if you didn't know the name, you'll know the face, yep. and you'll absolutely get to know the personality. She is a cracker, yep. full of fun, but she is also really honest, which I love. And I love that she, um, you know, what we see on Instagram is a lot of the time people are well kept and they're showing mm. the best parts of their life. Mm. And what I love about Ash is that she breaks down, like she she breaks down that barrier and says. No, it's not always great yeah. all the time. Um, sometimes, you know, she's got two kids under two. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. And she shows her followers the real side of her. It's great. Um, at Ash Pollard, if you want to. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Especially if you enjoy this chat, um, definitely recommend heading to her socials to find out more. But let's get into the chat. Whether you have kids or not, I think we all fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others on Instagram and thinking that other people have got their shit together better than we do. Particularly when you become a new mum. I know that time when I was super sleep deprived and exhausted. I don't know why I threw it back like it's not still happening now. Um, Your life can be tipped upside down and it means you're really extra vulnerable and more affected by basically anything. So on today's episode, we want to cut the crap. And that is a warning of language because I know this guest that we've got on, this special guest, we're probably going to uh, say a few swear words. Let's speak about the real things that mums like us face every single day so that you know that you're not alone in what you're going through. And who better to talk to about it than Ash Pollard? Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to catch up with you. I haven't seen you for such a long time. Yeah. It's madness. Well, you've had babies since. And it's wild because you have done so well in your career and now you have a baby. It's <laughs> honestly, people Thanks. don't know, but I've, I've known you actually for quite a few years, maybe, yep. I don't know, six, yep. seven? Yeah, I remember when we did a YouTube video of us cooking off in my kitchen in like Bulleen. That way back yep. when Keep It Cleaner was just a blip yep. in the ocean. Yep. Yep. And here you are. <laughs> we can now Google your net worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love you. <laughs> Sorry but to embarrass you. No, a lot, a lot has changed. I mean, like the biggest thing that I would love to cover today because it is something that I am so intrigued to learn more about because I can't relate. I want to say yet, but I don't know what my situation is going to be. But you have two kids under two. And I think that's that one thing that people say is like, a whirlwind and a real big challenge. But I think obviously it comes down to what you, you know what you know. Some kids are further apart and that's all that parent would know. And But how have you been going the last couple of years? Um, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like just to put it bluntly. Yeah. And people bandy that term around or, or you know, the, the age difference, two under two, but mine weren't two under two. It was less than that. Yeah. Mine were 15 months apart. Mm-hmm. So when my boobs dried up from breastfeeding at about four or five months, mm-hmm. that's when I fell pregnant with my second baby. Like that is wild. Yeah, that is To wild. even think that you're having a five-month-old and then suddenly you're pregnant with another kid. Yeah. Your body hasn't even had time <sighs> to chill. Yeah. So that was wild in itself. And both of my daughters were surprises. Lovely surprises. Didn't plan uh, to have children at that point in time because I I was like building up in my Mm. career and I had a career Mm. in entertainment. Mm -hmm. Had. Oh, don't speak about it like it's a past tense, mate. Yeah, well, I'm currently fighting against all the other reality television people at the moment. (laughs) So, you know, it's a bloodbath out there. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. What am I supposed to do to get back in the industry? Do I have to say something that's really, like, hectic? Or do I have to get my tits out on OnlyFans? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, either or. But I think, mate, you are (laughs) absolutely still so relevant in the space and so exciting to follow along. And I think... It's it's been really, really cool to see you now dive into this new realm of motherhood. It's a huge hat. I mean, huge. You wear a lot of hats, but this one's pretty big. How has it been? I think one of the things I wanted to touch on with, before we get into like two under two and mm. going, going further on that, I think even just when you became pregnant with Clem, as you said, that was like the height of your career, you feel, and and it was a big surprise how did you feel as a businesswoman who is very driven, you had a lot of goals, a lot of ambitions, and you still do? It's it's a big thing to kind of stop you in your tracks as you've spoken through. Like, how how are you going with that? And did you ever feel like, you know, I'm, I'm too, I, I want to continue on my career. I can't be pregnant right now. Well, legitimate questions. Um, and actually, I semi get emotional answering yeah. it because I always wanted children, but I just didn't know when. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that it has happened for me, both of them being surprises, Clementine and Claudette, uh, that's how it had to happen Mm -hmm. because I couldn't plan it. Because in my industry, I was on radio. Mm -hmm. 
if you step away from the microphone momentarily, someone can come in and mm. scoop up your job in a matter of moments. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. So you you want to make a name for yourself. You want um, everybody in the industry to know that you have a good work ethic, that you're here and you work well and, you know, the ratings are great. And then, you know, you kind of think once that ball's rolling, what's the next step? Mm. You're not considering I should have kids now even though I'm 34 and in one year I'm going to be known as a geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) You know, that's always in the back of your mind. Yeah. And then when I fell pregnant, like I was scared, scared that I was still too juvenile in my own mind to be a mum, mm. that I wasn't responsible enough because I wasn't responsible as an adult, even with my own finances. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And then also with my career. And I feel like there are so many women out there who have this problem, mm. who are thinking, oh my God, I'm going to take maternity leave, but I know that they're going to be looking for somebody else. Yeah after me when my contract is up or, you know, they're going to try and push me out some way. Mm -hmm. It's frightening and it's scary. And I felt sick the whole time. And it's probably just my own thing. It maybe wasn't even work. Mm. But I felt sick my whole pregnancy about work. Mm. And then after I had Clementine, I didn't relax and enjoy my Mm. time with my child as much as I probably could have because I was stressing about getting back to work after six months. Mm. What an idiot. Like, who does that? I know. Why do I do that? It's just, that's something you can look back on in hindsight. But I mean, I wonder though, you you have now had hindsight. Second time around, did you do it any differently or were you still that driven? Like I know now who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm a hustler. Mm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I don't admit it enough, but I know that when push comes to shove, I get what I want. And, you know, you could probably think, gosh, that's a spoiled brat. No. But actually, no, because if I put my mind to it, I will do it. Like, if I have to go and get a job at a cafe just to make ends meet, I'll do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when you have a kid, yeah. you'll you'll do anything to yeah. put food on the table or to get where you need to be. It does evolve you, doesn't it? 100%. I feel like I've changed so much since being a mum. Do you give way less shits and also not put up with as much crap? Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I was literally on a podcast not long ago and the, the audio that they pulled basically made me sound like I don't have time to have friends. Um, but but, but do was- you? <laughs> Because I don't. In a lot more like context, basically what I was saying was I'm a lot more picky with who I'm spending my time with and everything because that sort of stuff is, it really does change your perception and your priorities and everything like nothing else. And why do you want to be friends with people that just like don't add positivity and fabulousness to your life? Like eject the drainers ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you've got little ones that really fill you up with a lot of joy. I mean, they also... They also uh, take a lot. They withdraw a lot from you. But, um, but people it's just that, so rewarding. It's so, yeah. And it's like it's both. It's shit and fab all <laughs> <Yeah>. at once. <laughs> but if you've got people in your life that, that aren't willing to kind of back you and help you when yeah. a child comes along, like what's the point? Same with following people on Instagram. Yeah. Like if you're listening right now after this podcast, go ahead and delete all those people that, don't do anything fabulous to your life. Yeah, absolutely. Take control, 100%.
Now, I want to talk to you about your birth with Clem. Yes. I've heard you speak about it being a little bit traumatic. Mm-hmm. Do you mind touching for any of the listeners who haven't heard you speak to your birth story a little bit, touch on it and then how you felt going into your second? I don't often share uh, my birth story mm. because it brings a lot up for me and it's probably not as traumatic as some other people's But it's for births. you. It's relative to you. That's right. Yeah. And so... I'm okay with that now, but when it happened and after the fact, I didn't want to share because people have lost children mm-hmm. and I didn't lose a child. I yeah. still have a very healthy child, but the birth for me was next level and I just couldn't cope, yeah. I, you know. It was it was a cesarean, mm-hmm. but it was an emergency cesarean mm-hmm. and I went into birth thinking that I was going to have a vaginal mm-hmm. and... At the time, it was COVID, so it was all locked down and I couldn't have my partner, Pete, at any of the appointments. So I I went to all of my appointments alone and I was at a public hospital too, so I had different doctors a lot of the time because they had staff shortages, blah, 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 you know, all that COVID scenario stuff. So I could never actually get the continuity of care that I wanted Mm. and that's not to discredit any of the healthcare professionals. No. But I wanted continuity of care and that didn't happen. So I was receiving a lot of different um, information Mm. as time went by. And then at the end, I became, my blood pressure was really high Mm -hmm. and I had reached my due date. And this doctor said, you need to get induced. And I said, I don't want to get induced. Like, is the baby okay? Mm. And they were like, yeah, the baby's fine. And I said, well, I don't care. Like, if I have another week or 10 days to go, that's fine. Anyway, so I came back in the next day and she's like, oh, your blood pressure is really high. Mm. Let's go and monitor the baby. Baby's fine. But Mm. the blood pressure was high and she said, oh, you know, you're kind of nearing preeclampsia. And I said, but have I got preeclampsia? No. Oh, don't dangle that. Yeah, so she, you know, but... I didn't know any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, right. So she's stressing me out that I need to get induced. Yeah. And because I didn't have a partner there or a doula yeah. or anybody there to support me, I had to make that decision on my own. Mm-hmm. So she stressed me out enough that I thought, my God, my baby isn't well. I've mm. got to do this. Mm-hmm. So in I go and I get induced and I'm sorry, it was the dumbest thing I ever did. Zero hundred, isn't it? I got induced. Did you have the balloon? No, I got the... Um, the gel? Yeah, this little like gel thing. It looked like a mini tampon. But then the next morning I got the drip and the my waters broke. Well, And it was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Mate, before any of the drip, yeah. I had this thing called a balloon. I've they shove this thing mm. and then they insert fluid yeah. and they blow it up like a balloon. And I, I fainted. Yeah. And I vomited. Yeah. Sorry, this is so, like, I for mean, anybody but, who's about to... Yeah, but is, no, but this is <laughs> this is the reality. It doesn't always go how you plan. But the thing is, is you, as you said, you've got healthy Clem after this experience. So just have that. Everyone yes, listening, have yes. that in But all mind. of this trauma added to everything. Yeah. And then after that, um, I slept overnight and they wouldn't give me any pain relief. So I was in pain oh. the whole night. And then I laboured for 24 hours until they finally said... 
you need to go in for an emergency C-section, your baby's stressing out. Then at the end, when the baby was out, they pushed down on my stomach to eject all of the… Center and stuff. mm -hmm. Yeah, lovely. The producer and everyone is all freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. it. It's so they're good. pushing down on my stomach and I can feel yeah. all of this. Yeah. And not everybody experiences this. I don't know why it was like that for me. Yeah. Um, was Pete with you? Yes, yeah. he was there. And all of that was traumatic for me. Yeah. And then after the fact, the breastfeeding, then that was another thing. Yeah. Like when you have a cesarean, you, no one tells you. Your milk doesn't straight away come yeah, in. Yeah, I didn't know this until a friend of mine was telling me about it because she had a C-section. I had so no idea. So you've got to try and yeah. get it going. Yeah. You've got to pump and, you know, try and get your baby on the boob. Everybody thinks breastfeeding is just natural and no, yeah. it is Certain hard. technique. <laughs> you know, you add all of that together. It was locked down so I didn't have any family. Yeah. I couldn't see my family until three months after the fact. So I was solo. And I fell into a very deep, deep, dark postnatal depression yeah. and anxiety where I ended up having to go on medication for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was very, very hard and yeah. bad. And I cried a lot. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was... Yeah, it was very, very depressing and very, very dark. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you would follow me on Instagram and you would not know that. Well, you wouldn't, except you have opened up about it, mm-hmm. which is so, so brave. I think it's one of those things that it's so important to obviously, to make sure that women don't feel alone in these sort of things because it's unbelievably common, unfortunately, these kind of struggles, particularly postpartum. But I think it's also a lot to open up about it and I'd love to throw to when you did open up about it, if that's all right. I've been having a real time for the last... for the last five months. And I kind of feel like I needed to show you that or I needed to get it off my chest. Mm, That was sad. Yeah, tell us about that time. So this was after uh, Claudette, yeah. my second yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, and that was probably a recent bit of audio when Claudette was four months old. Yeah. And uh, like with both my children, you navigate the sleep deprivation until mm-hmm. it just about kills you. Mm-hmm. And again, I got postnatal depression and anxiety with mm-hmm. Claudette because I'm somebody that really needs sleep. Mm-hmm. Other people can cope, but when you have two babies so close together, you're still catching up on the lack of sleep from the first one and then you're thrust into this scenario again with mm-hmm. the second. And I was broken because I didn't know what to do. I, I needed help, but yeah. nobody would help me. Yeah. I did, don't have family here. And I didn't want to hire external help because I thought that's a crock of shit. Like, why would I have to do that? I I can do it myself. Uh, Yeah, we all like want to do everything. Yeah. Super women. And I I snapped. I broke. And I had to go to hospital with Claudette for maternal exhaustion because I was becoming paranoid. I was thinking that things were happening when they weren't. Mm-hmm. And I stayed in hospital for five nights where mm-hmm. I caught up on some sleep and I had amazing midwives helping me with Claudette. Not only that, Claudette has been sick pretty much from birth with allergies to every single 
formula under the sun. That's so hard. So hard. So she's been losing a lot of weight. Yeah. And trying to get your child to put on weight is so stressful. Yeah. You're in and out of hospital and it's just like you forget about yourself. Yeah. And you become depleted. And so then you break. Yeah. Do you feel this time around, you said that you felt that you had postnatal anxiety and depression after Clem. Is it was it different second time around? Yeah, it was. Um, Were you able to recognize it quicker though? Like yes, yeah, okay. yes. And this time, the second time, I put wheels in motion a lot quicker mm-hmm. and decided that going on the medication wasn't the thing for me because it actually stuffed my brain up mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually on medicinal marijuana mm. and. It's cool. (laughs) I don't feel stoned. Like it doesn't make you stoned. (laughs) But it it just sort of, it's very, very minimal and sort of subdued. I'm so fascinated with like how you are coping because I feel like I am constantly thinking about Harvey's sleep or what he needs to eat or like if we're going away, what we need to pack for him. The appointments are coming. I know it's not going to, (laughs) but I'm just saying you've now got two. Mm. Other than yourself, and then even obviously we can't forget about Pete. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't forget about Pete. Yeah, like there's just so much that you have to think about, and I just how has the what have been the major shifts in going from one to two? You said you can't forget about Pete, and he would attest that to that because he has often said, like, you only give a shit about the kids, you don't give a shit about me, and that's really sad. To hear that. I think that is, I mean, very, very, very nice of you to be so honest and open about that. But I think, um, I mean, I can say uh, we haven't got two kids, but that's happened with us as well. Yeah. There's been moments where I, I admit I completely, completely forgotten about Josh. You obviously still, like, they're there. Yeah, and you love them. And you love them. But your priorities change. Yeah. And you don't actually realise how much you do look after the other person. Mm. And Pete will probably say, <laughs> if he <laughs> listens to this. But, mate, I do look after you if you're listening to this. <laughs> but things change. Yeah. And you do have tunnel vision for your children yeah. for a long time. And we have arguments all the time because mm. he thinks I am way too obsessed with the scheduling and the what I feed our children. And he gets annoyed by that. Mm. But these things are put in place by me mm-hmm. so that we can live mm-hmm. an easier life. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, isn't it? Because like I know that Harvey would survive and, and still thrive and be happy without being regimented or without having certain things that I like to put in place because I'm, I'm like you. I, I like to have a, a sleep routine. Um, I make sure he's got like the right foods and all that sort of stuff. I'm, and I think and I read. But I know that if Josh was to say, you know, be a lot more flexible and like change things up, he would still survive. It's like, it's not like I'm not taking that away. He'd, he'd be alive and he'd be thriving and be happy. But, but would for you? me, in my, would exactly, do in my mind, I need to know when he's going to be asleep. Yeah. that I'm going to have a good sleep because he's eaten well today. And like those kind of things, I just need to know that in my mind to be the best mum. And all of that is as much to do with the baby's well-being mm. as it is to do with yours. Yes, yeah, true. Because if you don't care for yourself, you'll just spiral out mm. of control. And a lot of the time, you know, the scheduling 
kids love scheduling. They yeah. froth it. I don't care what you say. They yeah. froth it. And I love it because that's how my brain works mm. because I need to know what's coming next. In saying that, my sister thinks I'm ridiculous. But does she have kids? No, but she's yeah. pregnant with okay. her first. Right. And I'm you like, just, tell you, wait. just you wait. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, as if, like, yeah. just go out to lunch and let the baby sleep well, in the I cram. Well, I had the same thoughts before I had Harvey. Yeah. I was exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And now you're like, no. No. Are you? No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, no, he needs to be asleep at this time. And because everyone you know just needs what to it's going to do him. to you at midnight. <laughs> he's going to wake up because yeah. you ruined his little yeah. scenario. Yeah. But some children are okay with that. Yeah. Some kids sleep through. Yeah. Like it, what works yeah. for some doesn't work for others. Yeah. And it affects everything. You know, if he hasn't a good, had a good sleep, he'll end up throwing all his food on the floor, throwing tanties because I took the remote off yeah. him. Like he's just, it's totally different. So absolutely, I'm on the same page as you. Um, to finish off, Ash, I would love, you know, for any woman that might've been like you and the, the surprise has come along that they're pregnant with number two after baby number one and they're just going through recovery. What's a kind of, leading piece of advice or just something you want to leave them with if they if they know they're going to have two under two well, and it wasn't planned. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Uh, but just know that if you're shit scared, that's okay, but you actually will survive mm. and you will be able to do it. I don't know what comes over you as a human being, but for somebody who thought they were still quite immature and couldn't really manage their own life to now having two very young children and successfully, in my eyes, mm-hmm. uh, bringing them into this world and, you know, getting them up to speed to two mm-hmm. years of age, I did it. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. Don't follow Instagram and think that person's got their shit together. I'm fucked. That's wrong. It's Mm. super wrong to think that way. No one has their shit together. Mm -hmm. Even Steph, Claire Smith, Miller, (laughs) she does not have her shit together. It might look like she does, but I'm telling you, she doesn't. No, I don't. Steph, you cry and break down. I do. You know, (laughs) people probably think you've got the perfect life because Josh (laughs) stays at home and does the dad thing. Listen, sometimes I'm like, this is shit. My partner goes to work all day and I'm still at home with all of the ki- my children, mm. all of the kids, two kids. <laughs> um, and it's hard and I cry and sometimes I don't get out of my dressing gown until nine. I used to think, yuck, those mums are disgusting in their dressing gowns still mm. at 9am. Like how lazy. Who are we get up, to think the like, way Get we up did. early and have a shower before you kids get out of bed, you oh. feral. But that's me and yeah. that is okay. Yeah, agreed. Sometimes it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You will be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. The first bit is really hard. It's hard because you're just trying to navigate your way through. Mm. But once you get to four, five, six months the gates start to open wider and wider and you feel freer Mm. and freer and like you know what you're doing. Mm. But of course, you know, you you reach hurdles every now and again. But you'll you'll jump right over them. You will be fine. Perfect. That's exactly what they need to hear. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and thanks for being yourself and your amazing self, but also being so raw um, and honest as well. I think our listeners will appreciate it a lot. Just one more thing. Yeah. I think it's really important to go and get a supportive bra. Oh, yeah. Super fucking random. That's a great, great tip. But 
I go to this place, if you've got big bazookas like me, I go to this place called Brava. Go and get a bra fitted, Mm -hmm. spend the money because if your tits are flopping around underneath your (laughs) top and they're full of milk and everything, it makes you feel miserable. It does. No, you're right. It does. Gross and after breastfeeding, yeah, Yeah, yeah. and after breastfeeding, if you're a little bit older, they don't bounce back as quick. (laughs) So get a bra to make them sit up and be all perky again, and you'll feel hot as fuck. Love it, love it. That's a great golden nugget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I'll leave you with. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that chat. If you want to see or hear more of Ash, you can head to her Instagram, Ash Pollard with a double underscore at the end. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, as always, you can find us on social media at Keep a Cleaner or myself at Steph Claire Smith. And I would love you guys to join our Kick Bump Facebook community. It's basically a virtual mother's group and it's a really safe place to ask questions or encourage others. People share what they're getting up to. And it's not just all about fitness and food. Um, It's everything motherhood or pregnancy related. So I would love to see you there and you are all welcome. But we'll be back in your ears with another KickPod episode Wednesday and I'll be back in your ears for another KickBump episode in a fortnight from now. Bye.